This is part four of our God is series. And as I've said, the reason I'm doing this with all that's changing in the world, I want to begin with that which does not change. Our God does not change. Malachi 3 verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Our circumstances may change, but our circumstances will never change God. Nothing created can change the creator. In God, his nature, his attributes, his character, no change is possible. As I've said already, he's perfectly perfect, constantly constant. Why do this series? Simply because as we learn about who God is, it can help us better understand who we are in him. And that's my goal, to speak. I, I don't want to rush over who God is. We need to, in this modern day and age, we need, we need to understand who, this God, who the God is that we worship. Because I want to tell you, the God, the God of the Bible is very different than the Greek gods or the other gods or the pagan gods or the, 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 the gods of, you've got to understand the God of the Bible is very different. He is the God above all gods. He's the king above all kings. Somebody should say amen in this Pentecostal church right now. And when we understand who God is, we can better understand who we are in Him. For we're made in His image. And so I'm going to spend a few weeks doing God is, God is, God is. And then we will get to a place where I, where I start speaking about, and then you are. In the light of who He is, we can understand our rightful place, our right place in the scheme of things. And so that's why we're doing this series. So we've seen, number one, God is eternal. We've seen, number two, God is all-present. Number three, God is all-knowing. Number four, God is all-powerful. Number five, God is sovereign. And today we're looking at God is holy. God is holy. And if you're looking for a scripture that really captures the magnificent majesty of God's holiness, if you're looking for a scripture to to really, that describes or captures this, you cannot go past Revelation chapter 4. The Apostle John writes of his vision from the island of Patmos, which is close to the coast of what is now modern-day Turkey. He was, he was there, if you like, stranded, and he declares, he declares this in the midst of his vision. He says, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. I want you, as I'm reading this, to understand the majesty of God. I'm not just throwing out a verse. I want you to capture how great and how powerful and how majestic and how awesome and how amazing God is. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning. And the rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are 
the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass, like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never, day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Day and night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, forever and ever. They never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Day and night, they never cease to declare. Who God is. Of all, listen, of all of God's eternal attributes. For he is many things. He's eternal. He's all-powerful. He's love. He's, he, he, he's, he's grace. He's, he's the God of mercy. Of all of God's attributes, of all the attributes we have talked about over the last few weeks, of all that God is, and we can't possibly hope to understand it all, even in the process of a whole lifetime, of all that God is, of all the things they can choose to say, of all the things they can speak, of all the things to declare, they never cease to stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. My friends, God, if you leave here with nothing else that I please understand, God is holy. He's not just your buddy or your mate who helps you out when you get in trouble. God is holy. The God of the Bible is not a genie to fulfill your requests. I need this, I need that. He is holy. In the Old Testament, Isaiah the prophet in his vision tells us, in Isaiah 6 verse 1, says, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. I want you to understand today 
as followers of Christ, I want you to catch this today, that the holiness of God is the most prominent of all God's divine attributes. It is the most prominent. It's You have to understand today, holiness belongs to God and to God alone. 1 Samuel 2 verse 2 says this, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. We sang actually Psalm 99 verse 5 today. Exalt. Exalt the Lord our God. And worship at his footstool. Holy is he. We sang that today. We, 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 if you can learn that song, there's a memory verse for you. God is holy. Thomas Brooks said this. God's holiness and his nature are not two things. They are but one. God's holiness is his nature, and God's nature is his holiness. Now, I want to take a little aside here for a moment, just go off track, and then I'll come back. Because sometimes I quote people, and we don't always know who they are. Who's Thomas? Where does he live? Is he in Wellington? Because we, we, and I think it's important to know that when I'm quoting somebody, I'm not just quoting some random quote that I found on the internet or some so grab some oh that that'll do that'll work and so over the course of this year i want to i, I want to introduce you to people who have made a difference to the way the church is its history and the way the way we do church today and thomas brooks is one of those kind of people so who is thomas brooks where where is he from when did he when did he live? He was a, actually a Puritan preacher who lived in the 1600s. Uh, that's, a, that's a long time ago. 1600s. I've, I've got a picture of him here. Here's one from his Instagram uh, account. It should come up. I, I, I think hopefully it should, should pop up. But we, we, we do have a picture. How many want to bring that fashion back? Come on. How many think that's... But well, that's a picture of Thomas Brooks, because I want you to know who it is that we're, we're, when we're talking about, so you can understand. We're not just grabbing something, what, what's just going to give you a, a little bit of excitement or a bit of hype. We, you've got to understand from where it is that we have come, your history as, as believers, the church's history. Understand it. So Thomas Brooks was a Puritan preacher. What is that? There's someone who, who went against the status quo. They, they, they came against the Church of England because they believed that they, they were like, just change some of your traditions so that they could be more biblical. And so they, 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 they took a stand. But I want to tell you, people like Thomas Brooks paid a price for that. They paid a price that you and I are now resting in and enjoying as believers even today. In 1662, the English Parliament, along with the Anglican Church or the Church of England at the time, they passed what was called the Act of Uniformity. It doesn't even sound good. Let's all be the same. How many know God's put different gifts and things in different... Uh, so, so, so they passed what was called the Parliament and the Church of England got together. Remember the Queen's the head of the, head of the Church of England? And they made it so 
a passed a law that, that, that brought in what was called the Act of Uniformity. And what they were saying was that you have to do a service. When you do a service, you have to do the service in this kind of way. You have to follow this routine. You have to say these prayers. You have to do that. And, and, and not only that, they, they said to all Anglican preachers, you have to then take an oath that that is what you will do. Take an oath to, to, to uh, I guess, espouse the book of what was called the Book of Common, common Prayer. And so Puritan preachers like Thomas Brooks said, heck no. We're not going to do that. I, I, I want to I preach or whatever. They're like, we're not going to do that. And that resulted in 2,000 ministers being expelled from the church. So they paid a price for that. That's some 360 plus years ago. It's a part of our history. Charles Spurgeon, who was known as the Prince of Preachers, said of Thomas Brooks as a writer, he says, Brooks scatters stars with both hands, with an eagle eye of faith, as well as the eagle eye of imagination. And Thomas Brooks said, God's holiness and his nature are not two things, but they are one. God's holiness is his nature, and God's nature is his holiness. God is holy. But I also want you to notice that Scripture mentions not only that God is holy, but also that God is holy, holy, holy. He is holy, holy, holy. That's important to notice because in Jewish tradition, the number three means, well, numbers mean all kinds of things. You know that, right? Numbers mean different things. Number seven, the number 12 is the number of government. Uh, uh, 10 is the time church starts. Come on, somebody. Yeah, so, I just had to put that out. I can only do it when we've got one service. But numbers mean different things. And the number three is the number of completeness. And, and Jewish understanding, number three is the number of completeness. And you can see all kinds of threes in the Bible, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When you speak about man, you can see body, soul, and spirit. Three is the number of completion. It's the number of stability. Holy. 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 Is the Lord God Almighty. And then, of course, the fact that it's repeated, the fact that repetition takes place is something also to uh, note in Scripture. One of the ways to emphasize when something is important is they would, re they would repeat it. They would say it again because that was the way they would emphasize things. You and I, we put, we put things in bold. We put things in, in, in caps. We put, we, we, to say, this is important, I want you to stop. I want to grab your attention in this. Jesus would say, verily, verily, or truly, truly, to say, this is important. Friend, I want to say, this is important today. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the fact that, also that this was revealed, not not just by pen, this was revealed by divine revelation to both Isaiah and to John. By seraphim to 
Isaiah by cherubim to John. It signifies all of these things, the three, the, the, the repeating, the, the, the divine revelation. All of these things signify that, it, uh, that holiness is absolute predominance in God's nature. To help us understand this more fully, people like Harold William, L. Williamson said this. He, he's written many Bible handbooks and books that, we, that, that sort of negotiate, help you negotiate the Bible. He said this, God's holiness is a single perfection that would perhaps come closer to describing the eternal creator than any characteristic he possesses. More than any other characteristic he possesses. This captures who God is. It is the union of all other attributes, as pure white light is the union of all the colored rays of the spectrum. The great writer A.W. Tozer said this, Holy is the way God is. To be holy, he does not conform to a standard. He is the standard. Because he is holy, all his attributes are holy. That is, whatever we think of as belonging to God must be thought of as holy. God has made holiness the moral condition necessary to the health of the universe. Great Bible teacher R.C. Sproul said this, God alone is holy. God alone is holy in himself. The word holy is used as a, and I, I get, I, my dyslexic brain messes me up on this word. The more I concentrate, do you know how many times I played the dictionary, play this so I can hear it and say it right, and I still come out with cinnamon? <laughs> so I'm not even going to say it because I said cinnamon in the last service. I played it, I put it on repeat, say it again, say it again, so I don't look silly in front of the people. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go like this, and you can fill in the word. The great R.C. Sproul said, God alone is holy in himself. The word holy is used as a for his deity and calls attention to all that God is. It reminds us, listen, it reminds us that his love is a holy love. Of all of God's attributes, of all the things he could have done, of all the things they could have said day and night, I want you to pause for a moment and stop and think. He did not say love. They did not say love, love, love. As I've said, that's the Beatles. <laughs> holy, holy. Out of all God's attributes, this is what they say. That's Pastor Ian. <laughs> that was God calling to say I like this sermon yeah. it reminds us that his love is a holy love his justice is a holy justice his mercy is a holy mercy his knowledge is a holy knowledge and his spirit is a holy spirit not not no, just it's a Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. He is a Holy Spirit. How can I preach in a way that would grab your heart? For we as a church have lost 
what it is to walk in holiness, what it is to live in this. We, we, we've patted it down, made it, made it naught. That's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. God requires us to live not how others live, to do not as others do. Not an arrogant, we're better than somebody else. Not an arrogant, we're better than they, or we're holier than thou. No, we, we are not perfect. We are sinners in need of God. Okay, I'm a little bit passionate. We cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. And I grieve the Holy Spirit sometimes. And I mess up. It's so important that we, again, this is about understanding where we fit in the plan. We are not the most important thing in this story. God is. And it makes us aware of how far we fall short and how much in need of God that we are. His justice is a holy justice. His mercy is a holy mercy. His knowledge is a holy knowledge. And His Spirit is a, the Holy Spirit. God is holy, holy, holy. Nothing and no one can compare to the Holy One. And I want to tell you, this, this realization, this understanding should cause us to worship. Can I say something without someone getting offended? Sometimes I see people just wandering in. After worship's over or things. Or I get it. People can come late or whatever. I, I'm just saying this. I'm Pastor Adam. I love you. Those watching online, you're, you're right there on time, I'm sure. <laughs> but can I challenge us? Why would we want, when we understand who God is, why would we not want to worship Him? Why would we not want, oh yeah, I know, well, I like it quieter, I like it louder, I whatever. Friends, can, can I say, it's not about music taste. When we understand who God is, we need to come in here and go bring, I'm going to bring my best praise, I'm going to bring my best worship, I'm going to bring my best thing, I'm going to get myself organized, I'm going to iron my clothes the night before, I'm going to set it up and I'm get there so I can be in that place so I can lift up the name of my God who has saved me because I was a wreck and I amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was lost, but now I can see. God, would you have mercy on me? I'm a sinner in need of God. Address all letters to Mason if you're upset. <laughs> it's a little challenge. I, don't, I, I, I think we need it sometimes. God is holy, holy, holy. Nothing and no one can compare to the Holy One. And this should cause us to worship God. And of course, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot escape the fact that in Scripture, the God who is holy asks and calls us who follow Him to be holy. How can, how, how can we be like God? How can we... Do that. Leviticus 19 verse 2 says, Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Oh, that's just Old Testament. Now here it is repeated. 
in the New Testament. 1 Peter 1 verse 16. You shall be holy for I am holy. I wrote a letter once to someone. I didn't realize it was in bold. And I sent it. And I got quite an abusive one back. Because, because obviously they thought I was yelling in, in, at them. I, was, I didn't realize that it's gone bold. It probably needs to go to Specsavers at the time or whatever. But, 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 but I, 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 I sent it. It's interesting to me in different versions of the Bible. Go and check it out for yourself in your own time. This, this passage in 1 Peter 1 verse 16 is written in caps. It's like God's yelling. You should be holy for I am holy. But the truth is, what does that even mean for us? We can't, we can't be holy in the way God is. God is holy. Then it's where our friend Thomas Brooks, there he is again. He put it like this, holiness in angels and saints is but a quality. But in God, it's his essence. We've got to understand God doesn't have holiness. He is holiness. It's who he is. But, but, but there's a quality or a part of it. That makes sense. Remember what A.W. Tozer said, God does not conform to a standard. He is the standard. But the question arises, what is holiness? When people think about being holy, I think most often people think about, oh, I've got to be good. I've got to be a good, good person. But is that what it really, really means? Is that what it really means? In order to find out what it means, you'll have to come back next week for the second part of it. Because I certainly don't want to rush it. And finish it today. How do we live this out in our lives? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And I'll remind you today. What does the holy God of the Bible look like? If we were to go, what does he look like? How do I, how do I picture, how do I picture this? And I'll remind you of something I said a couple of weeks ago. What, what, what would this holy God look like if we, if we could see him? Well, Jesus said this, John 14 verse 9, you know it. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Colossians 1 verse 15 tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it tells us that Jesus is the radiance of God's, the exact radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. If you, if you, if you want a picture of what this holy God is like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus and His cross. I want to close today with the words of an old hymn. It says, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them 
to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. That such a love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, and my all. Demands my soul, my life, and my all. Look to Christ and his cross. Christ's last words as he died on the cross were not, I am finished, but it is finished. For three days later, he rose from the dead, conquering the power of sin and death forever. Again, as we've said so many times, we do not worship a Christ who is alive and is now dead, but a Christ who has died and is now alive. Of who Hebrews 13 verse 8 says. The same measure of Isaiah and John and Revelation. Says Jesus Christ, this Christ, is the same. Yesterday and today at three and forever. Who was, who is, and who is to come. You want to know what this holy God looks like? Look at Jesus. Would you stand? Would you bow your heads? Holy God, help us. Help me. Help us together love you with all of our heart with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. Help us as your people to live out your commands, to seek you and your ways. Holy, holy, holy God, all I have, I give to all that you are. Help us in this. We submit our lives to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.